Hey, welcome to the Junto Show. I'm Lance, and I'm woke with jokes. I'm Johnny, founder of the Venture Out, the best way to start your morning, and we're at 3,000 plus subscribers strong. Whoa! Like, yeah, hey. all thanks to the Junto Show. That's right. Need to get them some quality content for the Junto Show. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Bo, and I enjoy life. As well you should, Bo. Yeah, you should, man. And I enjoy life with you, Bo. Oh, the, thank you. The one or so hours a week <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that I actually spend it with you. <laughs> Today is Friday. Was it March? Yeah, March twenty second. March twenty second, two thousand and nineteen. Man, this year is going by so fast. <laughs> the Junto is a club Benjamin Franklin founded way back when America was great. The purpose of the Junto was to debate questions of morals, politics, and natural philosophy. Hmm. Our show is not quite that stuffy, but here and there we stumble upon something profound, profound. between the geeky jokes. <laughs> All right, folks. Hey, uh, first off, I'd like to introduce something we have called Patreon dot com slash junto show man that sounds great it, it is fantastic you go there and you basically give us money <laughs> that really sounds great <laughs> oh, man. Well, what a go, great idea sign me up <laughs> you go there and you maybe donate a couple of bucks or whatnot whatever your heart feels like and then you can get special episodes of premium edition junto shows which is where we talk about the uh, too hot to talk topics. So what did we talk about in this uh, episode's too well, hot episode, Johnny? Well, we're, we're supposed to talk about the Mueller report, which we did, <laughs> but then we segue into that horrible Rab- Robert Kraft dude. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. He, uh, the old... Um... <laughs> Someone say he's a patriot, but uh, some of us wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like the worst people doing the worst stuff. <laughs> oh, Brady. Stupid Tom Brady. All right. So how, how you guys doing, huh? Uh, doing fine. Yeah. Doing pretty good. Uh, yeah. You know, I think I need to uh, savor this moment because it might be the last time I see you too. Yeah, what is that? <laughs> Golly. <laughs> uh, going on a trip next week. Mm. Uh, going out to Denver, doing a quick two-day hike and some snowboarding. But that two-day hike, I don't know if I'm going to survive it, guys. Okay, oh, so what's the uh, is it even cold in Denver? Like being in Florida, I forget that there's probably still snow on the ground in other places of the country. Like I'm wearing shorts right now, and there's probably like. The polar vortex was a week ago, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I forget that the other rest of the country still has weather. <laughs> so, so in Denver, is your hike going to be a? I guess you're snowboarding, so it's a snow hike. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a snow hike. So, depending on the conditions, we'll see how rough it is or not. I thought I saw in your living room what looked like those uh crazy snowshoes. Snowshoes. <laughs> I just bought some snowshoes. Crampons or snowshoes? Oh yeah, the oh, crampons. Not crampons. Actually, like tennis rackets on your feet. Yes. So, do okay. you have crampons? A hilarious word. Go feminism. Hashtag feminism. Yep. Hashtag crampons. Okay. Or are they the tennis rackets? <laughs> They're the tenor, tennis racket type snowshoes. Wow. Yes. I didn't realize that was a real thing. So, Wait, <laughs> you're going up a mountain though, right? Yes, but depending on the heavy snowfall or not, you know, if if it if there's a fresh dump of snow, yeah. then trying to hike <laughs> through that is, is ridiculous apparently. Like you're really okay. like just stepping through like foots of snow and trying to make your way through that thing. So, you know. Okay. But with snowshoes, you can hopefully walk on top of it. I've, I've actually never used snowshoes, so this would be a whole big experiment too. Are well, you are you doing a like a, a well known hike, or are you taking a? Uh... It's a pretty well known hike, so that's my saving grace. Where this trail should be well traversed enough that I won't get lost, and other people will see me along the hike a lot. Okay, hopefully, okay. you have a guy? No, it's just me. How long of a hike is this? I got two options. One option is a. 12 miles up, 12 miles down, <laughs> yep. and then the other route is 6 miles up, 6 miles down. Oh, 12 miles. One would yeah, ask, obviously. Let's yeah. kill him. <laughs> one would ask, Take the show over for ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> who would ever consider doing the 12 mile up and down one? But what you get from that is halfway up is a very nice campsite that I have reserved breakfast and dinner at. Oh. Yeah, come on. Do the 12 mile one. Is this a, is yeah, it, it's that, 12 that, miles one day? 
Is that a thing? No, no. Well, Twelve miles one day. That's well. You I, could. Depends on the terrain. Yeah, your terrain. You could, but this one is. I'd have to get there and hike six miles to get to the campsite and then get there. So the whole thing is, I need to get there by four p.m., five p.m. the latest. Oh, that's nothing. You should get there in the morning. Well, I mean, yeah, I would say well, if, it, my, if it snows a lot, man, that would be six miles. <laughs> it could be really slow. Yeah, depending on conditions. But the problem is, my flight lands at nine o'clock. Go get my bags. Go get the mm. rental car. Two hour drive to the road to the trailhead. Yeah. That puts me easily at like twelve o'clock. And you're least. tired. I don't know about that one, buddy. Well, yeah, good luck with that. Yeah. How, how mm-hmm. high is this? Uh, peak that you're going to well it is denver so it's uh pretty high well at least a mile <laughs> it's uh the peak's over 14 thou 14k look at him yeah. saying 14 thou <laughs> like, yeah. he, like he knows the the elevation <laughs> on the first name basis buddy <laughs> 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 14 thou <laughs> all right okay all right well good luck with that johnny uh yeah. and so just line up a uh, a new co a new yeah. co-host for <laughs> I, I can't wait to uh read this on the venture out there you go. Ah, yeah. yes, yes. His exploits of how he lost that toe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, good luck with that, Johnny. And we're going to get things started with our first segment, Hot Take News. Good evening. I'm Ron Burgundy, and this is what's happening in your world tonight. All right, so there's a couple of things that actually we have to address here in the old Hot Take News. Uh, I don't. I didn't know what to say about the New Zealand shooting besides, like, it's obviously terrible and it's horrible. But as I was listening to some of the coverage of it, a thing that popped out to me was that this guy, he like live streamed his his shooting and massacre of, of the mosque. He's a terrible person. But Facebook spent the next few days taking down the videos that were posted. Millions of iterations of this video they took mm-hmm. down. And like I was like, okay, I understood where they were coming from. But at the same time, it struck me as odd that we were just like totally accepting of a corporation's ability to just like censor media. So like how do we feel about Facebook you know, arbitrarily saying what we can and can't see. Well, I'm okay with it because it's their platform, right? You you've decided to get on Facebook. Yeah. It's, it's not a uh, it's not like a utility that's public. Okay, you know? it, it, clearly they have the right to do it, but mm-hmm. you know we can also we also as users and I don't know free speech citizens whatever can say it's a thing they should or should not be doing. Yeah, right? they or or do is it a bad thing? I think they should do this. I mean, I don't use Facebook, so it's, I mean, yeah. I, it's it's not like a thing. I'm like, you know. It's effect, it affects my life, so I should care. Whereas I know people who spend... Well, I don't know people, but I'm guessing yeah. people spend their whole lives on Facebook. There's a lot going on on Facebook. It's also a hellhole, by the way. Okay. So, so Johnny, you think you're... Well, hold on, hold on. I'm thinking of an analogy for Bo, for him to be able to relate to this. His analogies. And I think the best one I can come up with... It's like, like a website where your friends post baby <laughs> pictures. Okay. Yeah. I'm thinking, like, imagine somebody told you, Bo, you can't put that bumper sticker in your car. Yeah. How would you feel? Uh, Well... Is that the same? I don't know. Yeah. That's why these analogies. He understands what Facebook is. <laughs> like he doesn't need to have it abstract. Right. Okay, so Johnny, you think it's a? Uh, I, I would it's be okay? upset about the bumper sticker. There I'd be go. like, I want my bumper. St- I want my little stick figure family on there. <laughs> like I could see it. I, I definitely would be fine with them saying this is explicit content. You know, like double click before you see it. But then for them just to be like, no, you can't see this. It it rubbed me the wrong way. Like it's clearly a bad thing, and I wouldn't look at it per se. But you know, I've seen people die on the internet. Like I watch the cop shooting videos sometimes, and I'm just like, I don't know. Like, it, so it's interesting you say this. So I'm going to piggyback to our too hot to talk discussion a little bit, where you're you were saying, do people who are super rich and super famous should be held to a higher standard, perhaps, and therefore suffer also harsher punishments if they violate the law? Correct. I. You're making statements like that. I was wondering how we felt about that that prompt that premise. Okay, so okay, you're not owning up to it yet, but (laughs) 
I see I see what you did there. So in this context, let's assume the Facebook is like a person. It's just Facebook now. <laughs> <laughs> it changes a few years back. Yeah. Really? It took the bell. Man, I'm so behind the times. Yeah, you're on the Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> so imagine the Facebook is a person. You called Polaroid back, back when he was on it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, where I think it's the same situation as right? Like if you treat this corporation like an individual, this in, this corporation has a massive influence on the society that we live in. So with that should come a higher level of responsibility. So it's not just a free willing as an open platform. That's that's a, uh, just literally too dangerous, and they should be held to a higher standard because they're significantly altering our culture. Mm-hmm. So yes, so they should be censoring and making sure that people play nice in these arenas. Yeah. So yeah. I I do agree that they should be held to something higher. It's not just some free willing thing. If if I go on Facebook and I'm and Facebook delivers content to me that I do not want to see and did not intend to see, right? And that's why I said they then they, Facebook. Then, yeah. then it's on Facebook. You should double click. Like they should say, "This is explicit <laughs> content." Like you know, look out before you click on it. Yeah, it should be hard for you to access. But yeah, the unilateral censoring of stuff like that. Like I, I see where the old uh, free speech words are coming from. Yeah. So, so I got a lot more stuff too. By the way. Yeah. Okay. So my last comment really would be. So my other analogy for this would be. <laughs> All right. Go it's on. gonna be. What if I went up to Bo's car and slapped on any bumper sticker? You probably wouldn't want that. Well, no. Well, but it's, <laughs> okay. So I'm I'm trying to figure out where is this analogy going. No, I would not like that. <laughs> it's more like you having a bumper sticker on your car. Oh, or it's really what it's like. There's a there's a red truck running around town that's got like the F word and some. It's like a pro Trump yeah. truck and it's got like a F you snowflakes. You know, F yeah. your feelings or something. And some I'm just guys like, driving around with a with a big billboard with porno streaming on it. Yeah. That, and I have my kids in my car and I'm like, ah, what are you going on? That's, that's what it's like. It's like you, you can't say no to this thing yeah. and it's being exposed to you in a public place. Yeah, exactly. See, I'm glad I came up with this analogy. <laughs> <laughs> and I would say that guy shouldn't do that, but I don't know that anybody should. I don't even know. No, well, they, wait, should, wait, wait. they should not do that. Man. Yeah. That's, but, there should be rules to say, hey, you can't put billboards up of explicit content. That's why you have yeah, to but, make. But if I double click on this guy's bumper sticker, I should be able to see what it says. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, the, I think there's uh, what is it? Uh, you know, they're talking about the free speech thing. I think where where Facebook is is kind of this this weird kind of gray area where where I guess we as a society don't really know what to do with. You know, I think that in uh, some Middle Eastern countries there was this one show. I think I saw enough. It was like called like the right to say hate speech or something like that. And essentially, it's a show? Like a game show? No, it wasn't a game Who, show. It step was like, right up. You're on the next contestant on the right to, to say, say hate speech. speech. Hey, come on down. <laughs> and so these these uh, mosque leaders would get on there and they would try to tell their, their followers, they'd be like, you should go, you know, strap bombs yourself and, and go to these markets and blow yourself up and then you'll go to heaven. And this is what they would kind of preach. And so then, you know, the people in these countries are like, you know, what do we do? Is that is that free speech? You tune into this radio station, and this, you know, this uh, religious leader is telling you to go kill people. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, but that's like inciting a riot or whatever. Like that, you know, that's yelling fire in a theater. I think uh, you shouldn't do that. Yeah, you shouldn't. In terms well, of, you shouldn't do that. I'm just saying, well, like, it, like the government. I'm fine that, with the government that, saying you can't do that. Yeah, you you start getting <laughs> to like you know, then you start getting to this gray area. You know, oh, of like and, the showing a video of somebody blowing himself up. Yeah, encourage other people. To blow then people you get down to like the person that encourages you, and then you got yelling fire in the theater. You know, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, that, that, that's a slope. 
Um, one more thing I want to say about the New Zealand shooting is um, the specific quote I uh, like tweet from uh, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez. I think I'm totally all on board with her platform, by the way. But I think if you mention her name, uh, it's like Candyman. Or uh, <laughs> if I say it three times, <laughs> she pops up to give you healthcare. <laughs> <laughs> that would never happen because I can't pronounce her name three times that fast. Uh, so her tweet reads: Sandy Hook happened six years ago, and we can't even get the Senate to hold a vote on universal background checks. Christchurch happened, and within days, New Zealand acted to get weapons of war out of con- the consumer market. Yeah, that's something that that's that's really telling right there. You know, so I'm really for gun control or whatever, but the fact that they reacted so fast, I think it's almost a bad thing. Even though I would, I totally want the same thing to happen in America. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm like, man, them reacting so fast is almost a bad man, thing. Can't you just be happy? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, so good for them because yeah. like them, I think it was six days later they banned, and it's like they've already done they banned assault rifles mm-hmm. in that country. Mm-hmm. Well, they probably kind of. I mean, Australia had a had a shooting in the 90s, and they kind of did the same thing, and they said so they probably just followed what Australia. I really did. need to look up like what the exact relationship between New Zealand and Australia is. Is it like an America Canada thing, or is it like an America Alaska thing? <laughs> Uh, I don't uh, think it's America, like America Canada thing, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> two <America>. separate countries <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but they, they seem so intertwined. Like, I yeah, they, they don't like that. No. I think. Yeah. Oh, is that what it is? Oh, yeah. you've probably been. They're two separate yeah. continents. I know they're two separate countries, but no, continents. Continents. I, people countries. seem to mention them in the no, same. Continents. They're two separate continents. New Zealand is not a continent. I think it is. I think New Zealand and that's not a tough discussion. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> There's only seven continents. I'm pretty. New sure. Zealand is not a continent. No, I'm right. just saying. Like, it's is New Zealand in Oceania? <laughs> it's part of Pangea. Yeah, I have to. Okay, I want to say that if you were to look at the at the topographical map, you could see the landmass that is Australia, and then there is a separate landmass called Zealand, where New Zealand pops out. Z dash land. That's where all the zombies come from. Yeah, uh, I don't know about that one. But I don't know that one. Okay, Just keep well. going. But is New Zealand and Australia the same continent? Is that what we're saying? Yes. That yes. sounds more like it. Yes. I'm saying that. New Zealand is its own it's not continent. Its own, it's not its own continent, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is now. Z continent. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, next topic. Uh, I'm going to look this up. <laughs> and Google's going to be like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Congresswoman Ayanna Presley introduces an amendment to lower the voting age to 16. Would you guys support this? What do you guys think? No. No. Uh, probably not. Okay. Let me uh, get some more stuff. Okay. I think so. Back to my normal type stuff. The Trump administration is fast tracking. <laughs> Facial recognition tech software at airports for international flights. So this, this, my friends, is how they get you. They're yeah, trying to get. I'm these. all aboard. <laughs> for what? Facial recognition software at airports. I'm all on board with it. You want them to create a database of every traveling person? Yep. And and what good could possibly come of that? Oh, okay. Well, there's yeah. So what what good comes of that? <laughs> They'll be able to detect if uh, we're a known terrorist or on a watch list. And that, I don't want these people sneaking through. If you're on a watch list. That uh, you might be a terrorist and um, hijacking airplanes. And stuff. I don't want that. <coughs> oh, oh, look at Bo. <laughs> I just want to read something from uh, Wikipedia. <laughs> the, the Australian continent being part of the Indo-Australian plate, and more specifically, the Australian plate, is the lowest, flattest, and oldest landmass on Earth. And it has a relatively stable geological history. New Zealand is not part of the continent Australia, but is a separate submerged continent of Zealandia. That's BS. That is BS. Okay. You just type that in. I just want it's, it's like, to... Or maybe it's one of those things where it's like uh, when we were in school, uh, Pluto was a planet, and then somewhere yeah. along the line, well, it's not anymore. The only thing I could see in there that I would agree with Bo is if it's on a different continental plate, yeah, I would agree it. with. Yeah. 
That's yeah. not the different kind of employee. That's not yeah. the distinction. That's not the distinction. Okay, yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So wait, so so <laughs> I'm not for the corner, but I'm gonna look that up too. And you were right. It was Oceania. That's the kind. Yes, yeah, which which I don't remember being a thing when I was in school. Yeah, but, no, but if you look back far enough, you also see Pangea too. Yep. Well, that's pretty far back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so, Bo, do you think that uh, scanning everybody's face at the airport is a good thing? I don't know. That's kind of a tough. That's a tough one. Um, you trust the Trump administration with everybody in the country's yeah, biometric it's data? It's not the no. Trump administration. This this technology and this feature will live on post presidency. Just it, like there's the, no power you should be willing to give to Obama that you shouldn't also be willing to give to Trump. Correct. That's why I'm giving it. That's why I'm saying yes. Facial recognition. No, I don't want Trump to have it, so I don't want Obama to have it. So you're saying that the next guy won't be as bad. I'm saying because the possibility exists for there to be somebody. Cool. Well, so yeah. I, I think it's every Sanchez face is going to get flagged. I'm already okay <laughs> with it with the worst president, so I must be okay with it for any other president. Yeah. I'm um I'm Watch probably more with Johnny. I'm probably more okay because I don't think of it as you know um if if you were to take instead of saying facial recognition, you just say okay, we're going to hire ten extra guys and they're just going to look at people's faces all day, <laughs> and they're going to say like, hey, I I see that guy. He's a bad guy. Yeah, you, it should be harder. It should, we've had no. I'm not saying it should be harder, but I'm just no. Saying, I'm saying that. I'm saying that's the same to me. Like you, you no. It's, have it's different because because the facial ten new guys. The facial thing can scan everybody's faces with a, like 100 percent accuracy, you, or whatever. Thirty new guys, or not even 100 percent accuracy. It's forty new guys. Well, it. I'm, <laughs> or, or, or gals. It ain't or gals. Okay, so 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 next yeah. story. Speaking of uh, <laughs> air, <laughs> airport safety, uh, the TSA found a man traveling to Orlando had a rocket propelled grenade grenade launcher with him so i mean i can see your point <laughs> they do need to step up the security <laughs> if and once you get the rpg through uh tsa it's a role-playing game <laughs> no i think it's a uh the other rpg uh, okay. the, the supreme court justice he snuck her in was it ruth that's rbg oh, oh okay <laughs> <laughs> thought he had her in a bag <laughs> she's like let me out yeah so uh they they probably do need to uh scan people a little bit harder but speaking of the government abusing its power once it has your your name in a database or whatever, there are reports of the United States is tracking the activists and journalists who are crossing the border, the people who have reported on the migrant caravans coming from Mexico. These people are getting pulled over for additional screening when they're just like reporters, and uh, they're getting all this extra scrutiny and having a hard time doing their reporting, which they have to go across the border to do to Mexico if, they, if their beat is like migration and they're getting they've been reporting getting harassed getting their phones searched getting asked about their personal and home lives and things like that so like this administration one we should be leery of any administration and its abuses of powers but this one in particular you should one be leery and two there are concrete reports of them singling out people for additional scrutiny based on the information they have at them at these types of checkpoints you know, the only thing, you know, I could hear stories like that, and I don't, and not to say that that's not true, it's, it's probably true, right? But I, I kind of think about the the person that actually implements this strategy, right? There's a guy who was a guard, and he's coming up to some reporter, and he is saying, you know, tell me about your personal history and stuff like that. But the guy wasn't hired, you know, two weeks ago. He hasn't hired, he was probably hired when Obama was president, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like a guy who was, who was hired when Obama was president. And and now he's is, got free reign to let loose on his worst worst impulses. Well, you know that, or maybe he was a, I don't know, I I don't know how the ICE or whoever it was was viewed during Obama's presidency. They were the same people, but same Obama people. was like, "Hey, calm down with all the killing of the or the of the mistreatment of immigrants." And now the administration's like, "Have at it." That's the difference. Okay. Well, well 
and also there's a lot of there's a lot of uh baseline continuing like and then the outliers now don't have the same restraint that they might have had under an administration that cared more about the rights of migrant peoples yeah i'm always kind of like i'm always kind of kind of hesitant about that to like completely believe that I mean, for sure, at the, at yeah. the edges, you have to... I'm, I'm thinking in your mind's I mean, the, eye, you think yeah. at the edges, it's definitely happening. Yeah, the edges, is, oh, it's always happened at the edges. Okay, so now there's we always have, people. There's then, always people that have pushed the envelope too far. Then the question is, but where's the, the edge? The supervisors, you know, for those people, they weren't like, oh, you know, Trump's president, and they're, you know, they're wringing their hands, and they're like, finally, we get to get them. And, I think so. Okay. Well, I think four out of ten of the supervisors are like that. Okay, four out of ten? All right, well, I wonder about that. That's, that's the kind of stuff that I want to know, like... When, when I hear about this stuff, I go, has it always been like, not, I guess it has always been this bad. It probably has, but like, what has, why do these people like, like the, the reporting and stuff feels like a, like a switch has been flipped or something like that. And it's like, they went from just mildly, you know, trying to do their job to like evil, you know? <laughs> so it's, it's, not it's norms. Holt. It's norms. The, the whole, yeah. the whole Trump presidency is the gradual and or fast erosion of norms it turns out that the things that we thought were set in stone were just things that everybody was doing because they were being polite presidents were releasing their tax returns Mm -hmm. before an election or whatever it turns out that was just a thing that everybody did because they were polite yeah but but a president not releasing his tax returns doesn't mean that you know someone at the border patrol is going to start like punching immigrant children in the face okay but but a so and also a thing that was just a norm was presidents not saying at their rallies Punch people, which I can play you the video of Trump saying, yeah. punch people, I'll pay your legal fees if they arrest you. And yeah. then you see people punching people. Or him saying that these people are rapists and they're invading our country. And then you should treat a asylum seeker and an invader in two different ways. Would you agree? Well, well yeah, of course. Okay, so, once you're, so one president says that these people are asylum seekers and they should be treated one way. One president says these people are invaders telling them to, to rape and take, take your jobs and do harm to your country. You're going to have a different mindset when you're receiving your signals from people. Yeah, I mean, I guess ways. I'm I'm just I'm just thinking that if the president's I'm working in this job and the president says you know punch me in the face I'm like well I'm not going to do anything different why would I just go start punching? But you didn't want to punch him in the face to begin with. Yeah, somebody that did want to punch him in the face and was only not punching them because they, they thought, thought they would get in trouble. Yeah. Now that they don't think they're going to get in trouble, we'll punch him in the face. That's that's the reporting I want to hear about. It's the whole, Nazis, like yeah. every, like it, it, like was was. Well, I mean, forty percent well, of Germany psychopaths or whatever. Once they, I mean, it, once they got the okay to treat Jews however they wanted to, they found a way to do it. Like the the norms of society dictate how you behave. Like slavery is as a horrible thing, but somehow or another, like a big chunk of the South decided it was cool to beat and enslave people because that was what society did. And then the Nazis, once it became commonplace to mistreat Jews and be Nazis, a big chunk of the German people became Nazis. How so, do we get on this topic? I'm, Bo, Bo's wondering how people, how good people do bad things. Well, oh, that's easy. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I don't want to, you know, go in to be like, okay, why, why do bad people do bad things? No, but, well, no, but why do like, good, no, why do good people do bad things? Yeah, but but it's always like I always kind of see this stuff, and I'm like, I don't know. It kind of feels remote from the epicenter. You know what I mean? Like. Trump is Trump is you know he's a hurricane in Washington D.C. and I try to and I sometimes feel like how does that the nuts and bolts of that affect the the guy on the border? Because but he, well, he won is the most covered thing in, in anybody's news. Like it's all anybody talks about for the last three years. Yeah, 
And so, especially if he resonates, like, I don't like him and I know anything he says. So if you resonated with me, and if I, if I actually considered him my leader or whatever, and I took my cues from him, which, you know, 40% of the country does, 31% of the country does, then you would be like, yes, this is how we should behave now. This is why the people wear the shirts that say, I'd rather be Russian than a Democrat, or the people that say, you know, call people snowflakes for trying to get equal rights or whatever. Like, they feel emboldened because they're being told that their method of thinking is the way of thinking that this is how we are now. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like the numbers, I, I don't know. I would like to see read more reporting on that, I guess. 30%. That's the number. 30%. People become 30% worse. I, and that's quoting from a book. Okay. Like it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's hard to go one to one, but I think the number you're reaching for is 30%. Give or take. People become 30% worse. All right. <laughs> Johnny, you got anything? No, man. Let's keep going. <laughs> Yeah. All right, so this is the thing. So, so I was reading a. Uh, uh, let me see. Where do I want to start with this? All right, so a Florida man was arrested for having methamphetamine, but was actually Krispy Kreme donut resi- residue. <laughs> I think this guy was in Orlando, mind you, too. So, so might have been me. Could have been me. This could be any of us, and yeah. that's why the, why the story is so terrifying. So he actually uh, won a thirty seven thousand dollars settlement for his false incarceration. That's it. Uh, yeah, it's pretty bad because he lost his job and he's been trying to start a company at start a uh, security mm. company, but he can't because he's oh, got yeah. a record, record now. Yeah. And so like $37,000 does not account for it. So I was like, man, that's crazy. And then the story said that he it, they field tested the residue and it turned up positive for meth. So I was like, so were the cops just like making up stuff to just lock up whoever they want to? Or do these field tests do false positives? Yeah. Which led me down another rabbit hole. And it turns out that these field tests that the police use to like field test for drugs or whatever mm-hmm. are like at best forty percent accurate. So they can just say basically whoever they want to, they can lock you up mm-hmm. for whatever. Then as I was researching that, the huge number of false positives on these drug t- these field drug tests. In Georgia and Alabama, there's a they, they train the cops to be able to tell through your physical signals if you are intoxicated. Mm-hmm. So there's this one cop who Got, who arrested 90 people based on their the way they look he go he pulls you over and says hmm you look like you're on drugs and you say i've never done weed and he says yeah but you look like it yeah, and he arrests you arresting everybody with cerebral palsy or something like that he, he just arresting people who whoever he wants to and so like these people were giving uh like the dash cam they were playing the videos and they were like i've never done drugs in my life and he's like i think you have and he arrests you and then you spend the next year and a half and thousands and thousands of dollars fighting this mm. i'm like this is just a humongous breach of the public trust and just like police having way too much power <laughs> so yeah so what do you think about that <laughs> well I, i'm all right with it <laughs> <laughs> so there was there was uh, speaking speaking of giving, giving the, the government the benefit of the doubt see, like, and, and this, this is, is the type of stuff this is where facial recognition would help no we let won't. a computer determine if you're doing weed okay so so here's the, that, uh, here's the other part the of the end of the was that was that movie where the the robot lands uh, and then Wally, no, it's Terminator. It's but the robot comes out and he's like, "You guys better be good, or I'll destroy your planet." All of them. That's all the movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it's trick a, question. All of them. Fern Gully. <laughs> uh, Keanu Reeves made a uh, remake of the movie. Day of Tomorrow. The day after man, tomorrow. The man from the, the day after tomorrow. No, it's no, it's not that. It's, it's an old movie. The man from outer space or something. something like yeah, that. It's, the, it's the man from something. Yeah. Okay. No. Uh, oh yeah, it's the man that stood still. It was Starman. The day the world stood still. No, it's not that. It's the, it's the man from I think it's the nowhere or something still. like that. Okay. Tomorrow when the man stood still. So so Johnny, so Johnny, <laughs> yeah. to, to your point about like oh if it was just more scientific then it wouldn't mm-hmm. be a problem. 
once the, so some of these pretty people, sure I didn't say it that way, but yeah, you saying <laughs> facial recognition technology would do it. <laughs> yeah. So like these, some of these people, uh, once they they took urine tests or like the actual test or whatever. I'm in a test, <laughs> and excuse me, and then it, when it turned up, when it turned up negative. Some of the other cops, like one of the guys they interviewed was like, oh, yeah, that happens. Sometimes you can't trust those tests. So he was more willing to believe his homeboys, like tr- intuition, intuition about who's on drugs uh-huh. than a blood blood and yeah. or urine test that right. said this person wasn't on drugs. Right. So, like, the problem is just systemic. It's not yeah. a – and it was white people, too. So no, I thought I mean, it was all black people. It was white people. And I was like, like this is, yeah. once they get in them, it's real bad. Imagine, like, a full-up device that could do facial recognition, pattern recognition, right? Oh, let me finish. <laughs> And it also contained a container where you could pee straight into you <laughs> real data, live data, beep, your beep. pee stream. Right? Please pee at me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I believe you. <laughs> it's, it's like Dark Kelly. Dark Kelly. <laughs> and it pricks you for blood okay. all at the same time. The answer is Oh, then let me stab you. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Okay. No, no. Because, so it's funny because when I was reading this, I was like, the answer is to, to pull back the opposite way. There should be. The the cops should have no ability to arrest you for drugs, oh, especially. Oh, well, I agree with that. Yeah, drugs should be legal. I think even once you realize that there's forty percent, like one of these field tests should be nothing, and you definitely shouldn't be able to arrest somebody based on your like belief on something like that. And then if you can't trust the field tests, like the only thing I would believe is a field test. And if you can't trust those, then the cops should have no ability to to arrest somebody on sufficient. Well. I think that in the there you have to re, yeah, I think you have to rely on the cops' judgment. It's no, you don't. Some point. No, especially especially so. not this. I, I think so. <laughs> like it, if if I'm in a real situation and then the cop comes to me and goes, "Well, I don't know. Is there a person in the house that's going to kill you?" You know, like then okay, you know what? Maybe you're right. There there should be <laughs> you're, you're, you're you're like sweating as well. <laughs> then we need to handle the the false positives some type of way. Like these people yeah, who are innocent yeah, who get in yeah. trouble and this cop is still like yeah. the number one cop because he has the most arrests. That is a problem. Yeah. yeah so then he needs to be arrested that, yeah. or punished in some type of way. Both yeah. things can't stand. He shouldn't have this much discretion. That I agree with. And yeah. have no consequences for, for sure. being this wrong all the time. That I agree with. Yeah. There there is another story I think um that I recall. Um there was a string of murders that they kept tying back to this one lady. There this not one lady, this one person. And it was like all around the country. And it, they were like, Oh no, we have a new, the most prolific serial killer in uh, you know, the country. You know, and we just don't know where this person's coming from. Well, what had happened was when they were using cotton swabs to, uh, to collect DNA at the cotton swab factory, <laughs> the woman would stick it in her mouth and swirl it around. What? Yeah. And then she would put it. Was she trying like, to get convicted? No, she was trying to like, it would like come out fuzzy and she would like straighten it out or something. Like oh, that. she's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> so, so oh, then these would go off. This blood sample's not coming out right. <laughs> This, this semen sample's not quite not quite good enough. No, no, it's no, he had they don't, they, don't, they, they don't send the samples to her and she tastes them. Asparagus. <laughs> yeah, they would she would supply I mean, them with the, the cotton swabs and before she supplied them she would stick them in the mouth. <laughs> and then the DNA would just stay on there. That is the like you had one job. Don't lick the DNA samples. <laughs> well she didn't lick DNA samples. She didn't she's know they were DNA samples. She stuck them in her mouth. She stuck cotton swabs in her mouth, not DNA. The one they don't go in your orifices. It's like the one thing that they say on the box of cotton swabs. I, say I don't know what they're supposed to be for, but that ain't it. All right. So, uh, oh, man, that's crazy. Okay. So, in uh, one last little bit of a, a palate cleanser, if you yes, will. Yes, yes, yes. So, I was reading the old uh, Orlando forums, and it turns out that the University of Central Florida, Orlando's home college campus, 
is ranked number two in the country for this. What do you think this thing is that UCF is ranked number two in the country for? Uh, UCF? Um, STDs? Some kind of STD, right? Gonorrhea. Both warm. <laughs> a little sweeter. A little sweeter? What's a sweeter STD? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like a trick here. It's a candy arena. Okay. Candy arena. Johnny's close. Trick. <laughs> Tricks. Eh? Prostitution? Eh? Eh? Prostitution? Webcams? Eh? UCF is the number two uh, university in the country for... Sugar babies. What's sugar babies? Wait, how does STDs go to sugar babies? Yeah, it's sugar babies. Well, like I said, it's sweeter. They're get bang, banging guys for money. So sugar babies, okay. yeah, have you heard of a sugar daddy? No. A uh, sugar daddy, yeah. Okay, so a sugar daddy's girl is a sugar baby. Oh. So there's, oh. A, there's this website. I forget what it was called because I've never been on it, obviously. Uh, is uh, where you go to where it connects sugar daddies and sugar babies. You know, like mm-hmm. young girls and well, rich guys to, to get money. Don't forget to put that link in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and UCF was the number two university in the country for, uh, I think it was called like finding arrangements, seeking arrangements or something like that yeah. for these uh, these types of arrangements. So uh, <laughs> go get those books paid for. All right. So uh, that's the hot take news. For all of us here at News Center 4, I'm Ron Burgundy. You stay classy, San Diego. And uh, we'll be right back after this. Look out for the cops. <laughs> Hey, welcome back, folks. I'm still Johnny. I'm Lance. And I am First Officer Bo. Science Officer Lance, reporting for duty. <laughs> All right, come on in into the captain's ready room. I believe that I can do more. Hasn't that been the problem all along? You've never been willing to do what's necessary to attain it. All right, so today I'd like to discuss a little bit about something called mental models. Oh, this is, this yeah. is a good one for, okay. uh, for the show. Yeah. Oh, Bo's smiling. Bo's liking this so far. So what is a mental model real fast? Right? A mental model is the explanation of how, basically how we think and how we process the world around us, right? So okay. it's just a, you know, the way we think about things. So what I want to do is run through mental, some... My mental model is 1996 Tyra Banks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I was thinking of a sexy brain, but okay. <laughs> so I'm going to run through some uh, general ways of thinking. We'll just see if it resonates with you. Do you do it? Do you not do it? What not, right? So first one is called the map is not the territory. The map of reality is not really reality. Even the best maps are imperfect. That's because there are reductions of the representation. Basically. Oh, yes. Africa's twice as big. <laughs> <laughs> Stay woke. I, I think this is basically saying, hey. What we, what we think we perceive the world as is not really there. Is that how you guys think? Like, do you always think like th- there's something more here? Yeah. Mm. I mean, well, I think um, for me, I I remember when uh, there's this one um, famous experiment, right? And you have six basketball players, right? And some are wearing white jerseys, the other wearing black jerseys, and you have to count the times, mm-hmm. number of times people pass between like a white jersey passes to a black jersey, right? Mm-hmm. And so you're counting. Not in, enough times. Not in the middle of the, <laughs> in the middle of the video. This guy in a gorilla suit stands in the middle of the, them and starts going, ah, you know. And then he he walks off. And then at the end of the video, they go, so "How many people saw the gorilla?" And I remember being like, "What gorilla?" Exactly. I and, did the same thing. And so, and yeah, then, I, I totally didn't see the gorilla. Like yeah. I saw that video and it freaked me out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so after that video, when you say like it's just a representation of reality. You know, I kind of sit back and I go, what else am I missing? Yeah. 
like if I didn't see a gorilla, then like there could be gorillas around us right now and I wouldn't even know, you know. What? <gasps> okay. So so there's things that are physically there that you may or may not notice or or may or may not make an impression on you. But yeah. then there's also things that you that are there that you can't see, like Wi-Fi signals, or and some people see spirits. Like I know a lot of people that mm-hmm. I've know, been to a liquor store too. <laughs> <laughs> that and and I and I struggle with like what do I think about that? Like I, I, people I I know who think they can like tell the future or that they, they can talk to spirits or they believe they can talk to like uh or even like God or whatever, right? But like people who have a close relationship with with God, where they think they're talking to him, and I'm just like, what is that? Is that, a, is that just in their mind, or is that like a real thing that person has, or like the Holy Ghost getting in somebody? Mm-hmm. I've seen that a million times in black church, yeah. and it's never happened to me. What's like, real, though? You know, like it, what is happening to that person? I mean, especially when you delve into like quantum physics, it gets to a place where like, what is real? What is really existing in any moment before you observe it? And and the whole world, as we perceive it, is just the electrical signals that go from your eyes, ears, nose, mouth into mm-hmm. your brain. Like we have a, a friend who's colorblind. Mm-hmm. So he sees the world totally different than me. Yeah. I can't smell. My world is different than a, a smelling person. Or you could be in the matrix right now. I see. I see racism. My white friends say they they can't see color. <laughs> <laughs> it's all crazy. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Now, number number two. Number two. Circle. Did you say? Did you say yours, Johnny? No. no oh, I think we all practice some of this, perhaps to some degree. Yeah. It's just a matter of how much do we think this way, perhaps. Okay. So number two. Circle of competence. When ego and not competence drives what we undertake, we have blind spots. So basically, do you have a good grasp over what you're truly and accurately good at and what you're not good at and not letting ego tell you one thing? I would say, I, you know, I think um, I think the older I get, the more I'm entrapped by this kind of thinking. Oh, really? How yeah. so? I think the older I get, the less I, the less I think of myself. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, it's a circle of competence, right? So the older I get, the more I'm like, I have to stick with what I'm competent at. Like uh, if you were if you were to talk to me at like 20, I'd be like, well, uh, you know, I'll be a, a skydiving surgeon that plays <laughs> guitar, <laughs> you know, and in my rock band on the side. Whereas now it's like, I'm about as good as, uh, you know, wiping up my kid's butt, you know, yeah. I'm pretty good at that. Top yeah. five in that, in wiping Parker's butt. <laughs> yeah, top, top five. Yeah. Uh, okay, so do I let, I think I actually have a pretty good grasp on my actual abilities or whatever like I, I i think i think i don't think i think i'm better at stuff than i am unless i am you know but how would i know yeah how would you know <laughs> i i like I, I, like I think it the one place where i may fall victim to this or whatever is that i think that i can tell the future politically or like news wise or whatever and and i feel like i'm pretty good at it but maybe i'm not as good as i think but i am <laughs> <laughs> I, I i think generally speaking probably i probably uh i uh, think more of my capabilities than i truly am yeah you take a lot of risk like uh this uh this, this, this hiking trip buddy <laughs> yeah, that's true that's i don't think I, like i wouldn't try that that's the, that's the difference between me and you johnny and then yeah. but you'll probably finish it you know it's like it's like the there was there's some some marine or, or some former high level military dude that's going around his, his whole thing is like 30% or whatever, like, you've got 30% more in you. Uh, Jocko Willink. Than you think, yeah. yeah. It's, it's like, you know, whenever you think that you're done... There's you, more in you. There's more in you. And uh, <laughs> that's what yeah. she said. <laughs> but, yeah. like, and so um, I think you probably think that of yourself, whereas I am like, you know, when I'm done, I'm done. So, so like, my, my sister, 
ran track competitively, almost went to the Olympics. Mm-hmm. And I went to her track meets my whole childhood. And she would, when she would, she would, she was a sprinter. When she would cross the finish line, she would pass out one inch over the finish line. She gave her all 110% mm-hmm. every race, and she was a champion. I ran track. I would cross the finish line and then casually walk back upstairs and eat a <laughs> banana and drink some catering. <laughs> and I lost every race. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a little anecdote. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I do kind of think of that too when I'm these days when I'm running. I'm like, clearly I have more energy in here. I feel tired. But clearly, I have more energy, so let's push a little, little more. Uh, but I think my main point was going to say I think I think too much myself, which is probably a bad thing because it's not an accurate view. I have blind spots. Yet I think that maybe allows me to live a happier life. You, I feel like I'm great. You did think you could beat uh, me in a foot race? Yeah, I got smoked. <laughs> I was like Johnny, I'm black. <laughs> <laughs> and you used to race. <laughs> Actually, I should say what I lost. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, number three, first principles thinking. Mm. So first principles thinking is the is one of the best ways to reverse engineer complicated situations and unleash creative possibilities. And this is because it's a tool to help clarify complicated problems by separating the underlying ideas or facts from the assumptions. Basically, you go back to the root. What is the main reason why this is happening? You, you kind of boil it back down to the very basics of first principle. Why or what is going on here? See, so, I think I might do that, but I think that if if your baseline for why how stuff operates is skewed, then then when you break it down, you can still break it down in, in a way that is skewed towards your particular way of thinking. Yeah, sure. So, so I think I think I might do that, but also I definitely have a particular way of thinking that may or may not uh, yield the desired results. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think yeah, I see that. I think that um, I feel like I'm I'm trained to do first principles kind of thinking, but you can kind of see that, or at least. I sometimes think, you know, that that really isn't the best way to approach certain things. You know, like um, let's say you're sick or something like that, right? Uh, you know, if if you're looking at like diagnosing an illness or something like that, you know, you'll sometimes think like, what is the root cause of this illness? Whereas, you know, really the issue is like all the symptoms that are flaring up afterwards, you know, mm-hmm. like you could... Maybe there is some 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 root cause that's um, or something that that started started everything. But really, the bad stuff is the symptoms that you got to take care of, you know, hmm. before you can. You know, so it's funny that you would bring that up because um, little, a little known Lance fact: I don't really take medicine. I don't like the I don't like pills. You I don't give like, medicine. <laughs> no, and um, and then especially once I found out that like medicine that you get at the store it doesn't cure it doesn't cure your illness it just relieves you of symptoms for a span of time and, and then your body just works out whatever the illness is mm-hmm. eventually and then like 90 percent of medicine right. yeah right so i was like why even take this like it's not doing anything it's just you know yeah i i thought that for for a bit too um but then i came around to medicine because allowing your body to not worry about the symptoms allows it to then worry about the root cause. Mm. And that's why you take medicine. So that it doesn't have to suffer with the constant congestion of the rain nose. It can focus its energy on like, oh, let's kill that virus or bacteria. Yeah, so I think where I, I landed on it is that I ha- and once I feel pretty crappy, then I take medicine, but it's still the threshold, I think, for me taking medicine is a little bit higher mm. than the average person, the average I American. S- yeah. I will say my threshold for taking a sick day is quite low. <laughs> I only take sick days when it's absolutely necessary. Oh, no way, man! Paper cut, sick day. Yeah, well, for the record, hangnail, sick day. Sick I day. for sure <laughs> am. Un- I would infect the office for every sick day that I take. Nope, not me, man. Doesn't take much. <laughs> Slight know. headache, 
<laughs> well, I, for for me, it's different. What? I'm like, I'm like, man, I'm not feeling good. Am I gonna not feel good and watch a kid? <laughs> no, I don't want to no. get him sick too. So <laughs> you go to the daycare. No. Am I gonna not feel good and watch six hours of Netflix? <laughs> <laughs> That's my thing. All right, let's do one or two more here. So number four, thought experiment. Thought experiments can be defined as devices of the imagination used to investigate the nature of things. Many disciplines, such as philosophy and physics, make use of thought experiments to examine what can be known. In doing so, this opens up new avenues for inquiry and exploration. So how often do you, I guess, what, hypothetically think of things or imagine what could have happened? Run of those possibilities. I do all that the all the time. Yeah. Mm, maybe. It's funny that you were bringing that up because there, I was listening to a uh, star talk with uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, mm-hmm. who we may or may not be canceling because of sexual assault claims, but it's not here or there. And he was talking Wait, about, what? Yeah. Yeah, he was talking about, too, yeah. talking about Einstein, and the thing that Einstein did uh, was a... Thought experiments, yeah, that's yeah. what it's known for. Thought experiments, and so that it's funny that yeah. you bring it up because that was recent. So I, I don't think that I sit down and I'm sure I do think hypothetically a lot. But um, what I have noticed in the last few days, and probably very very often, is that um, I have seen a story. Okay, so I was, I was watching a TV show, and then the character did something, and I was like, oh, that changes my way of thinking about this thing. And I, I can't articulate it well now, so I'll leave it at that. And I was like, okay, I have been – it's illustrated a different way of thinking to me, and now I think I have altered my way of thinking about that generic topic. All right. Mm, yes. <laughs> yeah, and, and this is – so there was a span of time where I would only read nonfiction and autobiography books and stuff like mm-hmm, that because I thought mm-hmm. that uh, novels were a waste of time because, you know, you're not learning anything. It's mm-hmm. just a story. And then I read some articles saying that um, reading novels – can expand your horizons and let you think in ways that you wouldn't have thought or seeing things from somebody Creativity else's. Creativity uh, innovation, yeah. Yeah, and like... In, and they're entertaining. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. there's that. Uh, <laughs> but like, I watch TV for entertainment. Books takes me a long time to read. Yeah. Um, no. and that's, that was my argument. So, but, uh, but once I, you know, understood that and then opened my mind up to being a lot more receptive to the mind opening that could happen from seeing, from novels and whatnot, I, I dug in. And now I believe in dragons. <laughs> take away there are dragons among yeah. us. I, I do want to say um about the thought experiment uh-huh. thing and i think this this affects me because i do the thought experiment thing to myself too and i try to you know you you kind of go into a situation you kind of think of all the permutations that kind of would happen and usually in my head i usually go to the worst permutation and i say well that's the most likely thing that's <laughs> <happen>. <laughs> and then i go into the situation and None of the permutations that I went through in my head actually happened, and I'm completely caught off guard, and I'm like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> oh, no. So I just want to say that um, I do think that is valuable, or at least I feel like it's valuable, but um, in in my case, it's ineffectual. Yeah. <laughs> so. uh, I think I do it all the time in all aspects of my life, actually. Uh, I, I run through all the scenarios when I get angry at somebody. I'm like, oh, here's the things I could say or I should say that will logically like just... Like make them cry in the moment. You, you you have the ability to do that. Sometimes, man, that's great. Sometimes that's probably I, why you're successful. <laughs> I do it at work all the time with the bosses. Like, okay, what what in all these scenarios does a boss want or need, and how would each one play out? If I deliver this product, would they be happy? No. Deli- product B, oh yeah, they probably would like this one more. So let me, yeah. You know. I think so if I you can there. consistently do that in the moment, yeah. that yeah. is like eighty percent better life. <laughs> and most uh, most. Uh, easily to see this when I do this is poker. Yeah. When I'm playing poker with somebody, I'm, I'm hypothetically going through, okay, what if they have ace-queen? What if they have ace-king? What if they have pocket sevens? What if they have this? Is this how they would play? Is it consistent with their personality? What I've noticed them doing before? 
and run through those scenarios and see how it all plays out. Yeah, people who who emphasize like playing chess and strategy games or whatever, I think that is the real benefit that you get from playing those types of games is being able to put yourself in the mind of your opponent yeah. or even train yourself to think about what the other person is thinking. And then that can, so like, yes, in chess, it's, it's chess based. But once you can realize the skill mm-hmm. of understanding that your at moves are going to affect some other person's moves and then anticipating that, mm-hmm. that's like a, a yeah. life skills. <laughs> that's next level right there. Yeah. Like 102. <laughs> All right, yeah, I got a last one here, and this is probably my favorite one. Hanlon's Razor, not to be confused with Occam's Razor. Hanlon's Razor states that we should not attribute to malice that which is more easily explained by stupidity. In a complex world, using this model helps us avoid paranoia and ideology, yeah. but not generally assuming that bad results are the are the fault of bad actors. We look for options instead of missed opportunities. So how often do we do that? Mm, not much. <laughs> I think I'm definitely. <laughs> I, I would. Think, e- I think you're the most guilty. Of <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm gonna say I wouldn't even. I'm not gonna even lie to the audience here because <laughs> if you listen closely, you realize that I'm definitely attributing malice to most of the people. <laughs> yeah. I'm probably on the other side of Hanlon's <laughs> razor. Yeah. I'm like. I'm like everybody's fine. Yeah. Just but bad dumb. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but dumb. So yeah. perhaps bad stuff happens. Yeah. You know? uh, I think I'm with Bo on this one. This one particularly strikes a nerve with me in relationships right if i'm in a relationship with somebody and they assume i did it out of malice as opposed to stupidity i'm like no no i'm an idiot i just didn't (laughs) see it correctly okay so don't think i did this because i intentionally knew it would piss you off if you truly i'm just an idiot you wouldn't be an idiot okay so 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 that's that's an interesting thing you bring up johnny because i think that in my bugs me no end in my for sure in my mind's eye i think that with people I actually know or am close to, I think I do give them more Hanlon's razor than yeah. I do the generic person. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> the old uh, craft. So, um, so I think that uh, my my generic view of a a person is a lot more malicious than yeah. than my vision of my friend. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I'll probably agree with you too for sure, and hence why it just kills me when it's the significant other that believes that. Mm-hmm. Right, like this is the person that's theoretically closest to you, and really, you think I did this out of malice? Like, come on! If all the people to give the benefit of the doubt or they, to give a, you know, yeah. And so, some life advice that is going to stick with me for forever was given to me by one of our our very close friends, and um, uh, this was when I was in a relationship, and I would be constantly getting things I said attributed to. I won't say malice, but um, I I didn't think that I had to censor myself or or talk to my significant other i thought i could just be myself say whatever i wanted to say and they should accept me as i am and and my friend said that you should be the most careful with your significant mm-hmm. other because that you care so much about them that you should be you know uh, cautious with their feelings and, and the way they feel about things as opposed to you being the least cautious with what you say with them you should be the most because you care the most about them and I was like, man, that's uh, you flipped yeah. that on my ear, man. So wise, and that's why you're happy. And here I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm great. It's fine. <laughs> you're welcome. Just let you know. All right. Well, I think that was an interesting uh, captain's ready room. Uh, if any of our listeners wants to share their what their mental models are or what's working for them, feel free to send us a note. Until then, 
We'll see you on our next segment. Transfer of data is complete. Hey, welcome back to the Junto Show. I'm Lance, once upon a time in Orlando. <laughs> I'm Johnny. Winter is coming. Actually, it's over already, but winter is coming. Oh, yeah, it's spring officially now. Happy Equinox, everybody. Yeah. Yep. yeah, yeah. Get your chakras aligned. <laughs> um, and I'm Bo, uh, something, something, Bill and Ted's. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> All right, so we're going to get into our world famous pop culture segment where we go across all of your media aspirations and talk about the best and worst in pop culture. Bo, want to get things started? Okay. Well, uh, so I finished, uh, <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny. You're talking about pop culture and something new, and I've been reading books from the 50s and <laughs> 60s stuff. So I just finished a Stranger in a Strange Land. And you're going through a, a good clip, uh, about once every one every uh, twelve days or so, huh? Uh, yeah, about about once every two weeks. I'm I'm on to a new book, um, Stranger in a Strange Land. I finished it. It was it was good. Uh, throughout uh, the ending, kind of slowed down a bit, but uh, still an excellent read. Uh, so then I thought, well, you know, I've been trying to go through the tent poles of science fiction and so like that. So let me try to expand my horizons and go to more of the great literature works in history and so that and so i did a google search and the first one i came up with was um marcel proust swan so it's a french guy who in like the 1915s mm. or 1915 he, he wrote a book and um um he has a very nice way of writing because uh, it was french and translate english but uh so far pretty boring you know <laughs> okay so, so I'm, I'm glad it's boring yeah. will you finish it it's gonna be tough it, the thing though is it's um you know, I've I've read about three chapters, and man, that guy really knows how to sleep well. <laughs> That's the best thing. I, oh no, there. The so I, the I, character. I, yeah, the character. So <laughs> essentially, what it is is uh, this, and is is the language is a bit hard to understand. But he he fell asleep into his room, and then he's remembering when he was like twelve years old or something again, and he's remembering like the good times in his life, and the you know the way he talks about uh when you first see someone and the way you you fill them with your um go on your <laughs> like your own judgments and stuff like that. Ah, yes, yes, oh, yes, yes, of course yeah yeah, yeah. yeah yeah so it's it's a pretty good book um you i'm not going to recommend yeah, it no it sounds horrible man yeah it's boring uh, uh, I'm, i won't recommend so, it so okay so i run into this yeah i i read a lot of books in a year listen and <laughs> audiobooks are the same thing as reading i process a lot of books in a year and seems like as i widen my net of things i'm willing to to, to try out i come across a lot of stinkers and so do you finish so you're talking about books right yeah yeah so especially books cause i'm actually i'm i'm pretty good i'm like a 70 percent finisher on books like even if yeah. it's bad you'll still finish mm, it there's there's only one or you're book, not interested. there's only one book that i finished that i thought was terrible the whole entire time dune the goblin king and it was this uh, Hugo Award winner, like a uh, finalist, like in 2014 or something. Mm-hmm. And the book is written well, but God, it's the most boring book I have ever read in my life. Yeah. Um, so it's like, it's like I go through maybe like maybe one in seven or eight books that I I pick up and then like uh, listen to, and then I'm just like, I'll I'll be three hours into it. And I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. And yeah. I'm just like, well, do I finish this or or do I just like give it up? And I feel like uh, I don't know, bad guy for not finishing it. But so I usually <laughs> do. But then I'm just like, I get done with it. I'm like, what the hell? Like, I don't even know the main character's name, and I just 
spent 12, 12 hours with him. That's how the, our listeners feel about us. <laughs> <laughs> we say our names so many times in an episode. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to say that uh, Proust is supposed to be one of the, the best. Uh, he's supposed to be one of the best literature minds like ever. Mm-hmm. Um, never heard of him. Never heard of him? Johnny, ever heard Marcel of him? Marcel Proust? Nope. Okay. Well, yeah. so I... I, I'm going to hold my judgment. I'm going to say probably not this book. I might move on. But I'm going to try to give him a fair shake. Uh, Wait to the end and maybe mind-blowing. Maybe you come <laughs> back next week and be like, oh, you guys, you got to do it. The ending is just ridiculous. You know, it's I, like the ring the girl came out of the... It's kind of like whenever you know you were learning... I don't know if you guys had the same recollection. You're learning Shakespeare or something like that. And like halfway through, you're like, what the heck is this guy talking about? What, I, what bugged me about... That type of stuff was like, when why the, should I care? the teacher would say, "Okay, and this is an allegory." Like when we we're reading Animal Farm, the teacher was like, "This is an allegory for the uh, Russian Revolution or whatever." I was like, "Or when they would just take these stories and then try to make it all about all this other crap or whatever." And I was like, mm, "I feel like it's a, a story about the story it's about. Like it's not all this other crap." <laughs> Pretty sure it's a story about talking animals. Yeah, and, and like maybe that one is a little bit more Russian revolutions, but they, they, a lot of stuff they were trying to tell me it was some other stuff. I was like, "You're really reaching to make this about this other thing," and like, yeah. maybe I'm dumb. <laughs> well, I don't see it. I, I think you and and when you when you read this book, you kind of you kind of get a glimpse of what life was like back in the late 19th century in France or something like that in the countryside. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Yeah, and on the and streets. So, so when so when you read the book, you don't you're not thinking like in the the modern day kind of person. You're thinking about like what life was like for. You know, some guy back in, in France. Uh, so that book I started. Uh, the other book I read, so I read two books, was Metamorphosis by Franz Kafka. Ah, yes. Not even a book. It's like a short uh, story. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, it's about six chapters. It was a couple hours, like four hours or so, something like that. What do you think? Um, I liked it. Yeah. I want to say I liked it. It was, you know. Are you familiar with this, Johnny? No. So it's not as cultured as that, though. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't know, even know if you read it, you become more cultured. But like, I've always it's, heard it's, about it's this. It's a thing you're supposed to understand Kafka. The, the whole yeah. word Kafka esque. Yeah, and so like, you understand what the word Kafka esque Johnny means? No. See, yeah, it's like this, this swine. This thing in this thing in uh you know culture is like to be cultured. You have to you have to know things about like you know uh, you have to read this book Metamorphosis and then you read it and you're like. I'd be just as cultured if I watched X Men, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like so. So it's it's funny that he got to be, and and maybe he's a good writer or whatever. But like, uh, it's a good story. He's a good writer. It's an interesting story, but it's not like a thing that I think you need to read in order to understand literature or whatever. Nah. Okay, so what's the? It's it's a hundred years old. No spoilers. So what is the story of Metamorphosis? Uh, so uh, and then this... Johnny will realize that he's missing out on nothing. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, well, it's still a pretty. I think it's still a pretty good book. But some this guy, he's a traveling salesman. Uh, he wakes up one day and he's turned into a bug, essentially like a, a gigantic a giant cockroach. Yeah, cock- well, I don't know exactly what kind of bug, but Fine. yeah, basically a giant cockroach or beetle-like thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he, hilarity ensues. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then, essentially, his life gets progressively worse until he dies. <laughs> and that's pretty much the story. So, so if my understanding of the word Kafka-esque, which is a thing that pretentious people say, is that it's basically I don't know some type of. Uh, horrible thing that has happened to you i i think so the the book kind of the thematic elements of the book are kind of like the absurdity of life so this guy he just wakes up and he is uh he's just a bug and his family just kind of is just like oh he's a bug now they're not like oh you know they're kind of they're kind of horrified but it's not like if i was a bug y'all would be like like way out in left field like what is going on like why did this happen there's no why in the book. They're just accepting. He's a bug now. Mm-hmm. You get to stay in your room, and then mm-hmm. we have to live around you. You know, 
and then then he dies. Millions <laughs> of brothers and sisters. Kafka esque <laughs> yeah. adjective characteristic or reminiscent of the oppressive or nightmarish qualities of Franz Kafka's fictional world, oh. a la a Kafka esque bureaucratic office. Wow. <laughs> Still don't know what that right. means. Yeah, it's fine. You'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> it won't affect your life one bit. It, it, you know, you read this stuff and you're like, I'll be smarter. I'll read this. And then you read it and you're like, nope. Yeah, what the hell does Kafka mean? Yeah, I read Plato and I was like, yeah, it's stupid. All right. So, John. Yeah. <laughs> I'm done. What do you guys do? Um, as always, I do my duty with Netflix. Ah, uh, yes. Netflix released their latest uh, feature movie, Triple Frontier, starring Ben Affleck. Ah, yes. Ben Affleck of Ben Affleck's. Oscar Isaac. Ah, yes. Charlie Hunan. You like him, Johnny? He's all right. He's growing on me. All right. He's growing on me. Garrett Hedlund. Nope, that's it. Mm -hmm. Now we're scraping the barrel. (laughs) No, no, that's the lead guy from Tron Legacy. Okay, that didn't help. All right. uh, Pedro Pascal. Mm -hmm. Oh, wait. I think I might like him. Is he the guy from Kingsman 2? Is he Freaky Prince from Game of Thrones? Yeah. Yeah, that's my boy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So anyways, these five guys go in and try... They, they've worked for the government military-wise all their lives, and now that they're all out, kind of, um, yeah, they realize, like, man, we sacrificed ourselves for the country, which is great, but, you know, we didn't really get compensated at all. So let's go in and rob a, uh, a drug lord, basically. Ooh. You know? And, you know, we'll only kill the drug lord, dude, and we'll take his money. That's not that bad. So anyways, stuff ensues. And I would say that the movie is fantastic for a Netflix movie. Okay. If I that. went to the theater, I'd be like... Oh, I, I would leave a little disappointed, but sitting at home in my comfort and already paying for it, I'm I'm getting this type of quality movie. Yeah, man. Would would you th- do you think you face more negative repercussions for robbing a bank or robbing a drug lord? Robbing a bank. More negative repercussions for robbing oh, a bank. Oh no, no, sorry. More neg- yeah, yeah, more negative robbing a bank. Well, wait. You rob a drug lord. You get caught? Wait. If you get caught by a drug lord, you're dead. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that I thought you meant by like uh, public opinion of you. Oh, public opinion is you rob the you rob a drug guy. You'd be like, yeah, all right, you're Robin Hood. Yeah, you're Robin Hood. Yeah, and you rob a bank. It's insured. Nobody cares. Well, I mean, I guess, but well, pe- innocent people at the the tellers and whatnot. Now I'm yeah. saying, like, as far as r- risk level, I think if I had the training, pound for pound, you should rob a bank instead of robbing yeah, a drug lord. Yeah, for sure. He's yeah. gonna rip your, your kids' heads off. Yes. And, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, we're yeah. we're also assuming yeah. that this drug lord is a, is a very violent person. He's not like in Portugal where he's just like selling drugs and it's all legal. And stuff. Well, he, well, okay. So that's, uh, you know what? I would be curious what the most peaceful drug lord it was. Like, I'm sure there's drug dealers who are peaceful, but there's it, once you're a lord, I feel like you're, you got the old machine gun crew. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other show I watched, which I will highly recommend on Netflix, is their anthology called Love, Death, Plus robots. So Johnny said that this was a good show, and then I saw some random person on Twitter say it was a good show, and I was like, sold. And so I started watching it too. Did you? How far yeah. in are you? I am... So it was like 18 episodes-ish. Yeah, there's a lot a lot of episodes. Yeah, each uh, one's about roughly 15 minutes. I am probably halfway through. Halfway through? I'm a little more than halfway through, but so far, I'm actually loving it. it like, so real quick, a synopsis is a collection of animated short stories that span various genres, including science fiction, fantasy, horror, and comedy. I, I find it still refreshing. Different animation styles, different uh, topics, obviously, and it just goes all out. I would love to have somebody good. to talk to about these, though. Like, we should sit down. I'm right here. Uh, let's do lunch <laughs> tomorrow and talk and talk about this because it's it, they're they're short, so like they yeah. really just they come in, they set up a premise, and then do the thing and get out. Yeah. 
and so it leaves a lot of like wh- like my sex life like what was <laughs> like what was the thing like was their motivation x y or z like what happened at to that world afterwards i would love to bounce these ideas off somebody yeah. so let's right. uh let's tag up tomorrow about this sounds good also it's it is great i i agree i uh really really like it i and also i don't know if this is a thing that's new or not but i think we are in a golden age lots of golden ages but a golden age of the anthology tv show like Black Mirror, I think probably kicked mm. it off recently, mm. and then we got um, Bandersnatch. <laughs> I still haven't finished that. And then uh, we got, I mean, I, I said Golden Age, but I can't think of it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> this 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 show, and then um, like uh, Twilight Zone's coming. Yeah, back. Twilight Zone's coming back with Jordan yeah. Peele. Yeah. And then I think uh, Hulu's got some type of weird show, and then it, I, they do, and also uh, YouTube has one too. Yeah, the YouTube one's the one. Yeah, I'm the YouTube of. one. Yeah. yeah. So like, I think there's a lot yeah. going around, and uh, yeah. I think I'm down for it. Right. Also, Black Mirror's coming back pretty soon too. So, Woo-woo. fantastic! And uh, the saw a movie in the theater, which uh, and I'll maybe let Lance do the take on this one is Captive State. Ah, yes. Well, I don't know. You liked it more than I did. <laughs> uh, so, Captive State. I I saw the preview on like Instagram in between uh, booty models or something like that, and then uh, <laughs> and then I was like, okay, this looks cool. It looks kind of like it's giving me District Nine vibes. I'm thinking it's kind of like a uh, in the near future, a repressive state does some bad stuff and i was like yeah man get to teach them about you know uh the government oppression and whatnot it's gonna be great very entertaining and then it the movie did not go it was a good movie okay to good movie by most standards but it didn't give me what i wanted from it so i resent it <laughs> yeah i think i almost agree with that where i think they executed what their vision was but what the audience wanted out of this was probably more of anything something different it, they didn't deliver on that, obviously. But yeah, it told a story competently, but it didn't like yeah. pick a thing to excel at. And real quick, Captive State is uh, set in the Chicago neighborhood nearly a decade after an occupation by an extraterrestrial force. Captive State explores the lives on both sides of the conflict, the collaborators and the dissidents. And I think based on that sentence there, I was like, yeah, I think I kind of fell short of all that. Yeah, like there's a 10-minute love, sex, and robots that does what Captive State did in two hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so uh, I'll go ahead and go. Did we talk about Captain Marvel? I think we did. We did talk about Captain Marvel? I think we did, yes. Okay, good. I liked it. Uh, I saw Oscar-winning movie The Favorite on a plane. It was... Did you get a good nap? It was entertaining enough. I don't recommend it for anybody. If you think you're going to like it, give at it, have at it. But if you're thinking that you should watch it because it's a good movie and it got won awards, don't watch it for that. It's not good or not super good. Okay, uh, and other... Oh, wait, what did I finish watching? I finished watching Insecure on uh, HBO featuring Issa Rae. Uh, I love her. I want to be her friend, and that show is great. I was getting uh, my life to it, so I recommend that to anybody that's interested in that. I also... Would I like it? Would Johnny like it? Mm, watch an episode and go from there. Like if you, you'll get what you need from any one random episode, okay, and and go from there. Would I, Bo like it? Is there a lobster in it? <laughs> <laughs> nah, she's. It's, it's more like it's, yeah. it's uh, taco trucks more than lobsters. Is mm-hmm. it better or worse than Assassin's Creed? Better, <laughs> <laughs> not as good as Blackish, but it's a super. So, so the cool thing that you guys might get out of it is, I think that it gives a good insight into what the life of that particular person is. So if you are curious, I do like that. And the, and the writing's crisp, and it does tell a story, and it, it does some some character development in a way that I thought I was really impressed by. So mm. 
so, so watch an episode and go from there. I, I don't think I could call if you'd like it or not uh, based on anything else. Right. You you have me at character development. Okay. Have I talked about Umbrella Academy? I think we did. I know a you guys bit. did, but I watched it and I loved it. So there's okay. an update on that. So yeah. mileage may vary on so that. So it sounds like Lance is really high on it. Bo is medium and I'm low on it. You were low? I was low on it because it drug out for too long. That's fine. I got yeah. I got plenty of things to do with my time. We're in a golden age of anthologies. <laughs> all right. Okay, and uh, I saw in in movie news, James Gunn is back as director of Guardians of the Galaxy three, or as one of our friends said, he can now come out of timeout. <laughs> all right, and I think that's the right thing. Like, uh, he was going to be a good job, and the things he did, I didn't. I mean, it, the punishment of like. Getting his wrist slapped, I think, was the right punishment for it. And yeah. like, you can't say ahead of time that you can't be director for three months. <laughs> yeah. But all in all, I think that yeah. minus him getting in trouble because horrible people called him out or whatever, I think that if you're going to get in trouble, like he he faced the right amount of trouble for this because yeah. I and he's fine. Yeah. And I'm happy that he's directing again. Okay. Well, who else wants to go? Uh, the last little bit is I am so excited for April 14th. Is that Avengers? Is it like tax pre tax eve or something? Man, you two, you two, Game of Thrones. Ah, yes, Game of Thrones. I still haven't seen anything about it. Yes, are we? I, are I, we doing? I, I watched every trailer. I read articles about it. Nope, it's fantastic, man. Nope, I'm looking forward to it. I'm I mean, looking, in, in the trailer, don't don't give anything away. By the way, well, I mean, but everybody that's in there is alive. That's telling you something. I I, <laughs> I did watch a uh, interview with uh, Stephen Colbert and uh, Jon Snow. And you know the whole cast is mums about it. Obviously, they're they're like, according to Jon Snow, he was like, "I'm actually paranoid that what I can't say because <laughs> I so I say absolutely nothing at all about the shows yeah. and stuff." So Stephen Colbert made him sit through a uh, a game kind of. He's like, "Okay, what we're gonna do is I'm gonna read off a bunch of things I think that's gonna happen in season eight, and you, John, just look straight in the camera and try not to react to anything." <laughs> Okay, that's funny. <laughs> and the stuff John the Stephen Colbert was re- rallying off was just ridiculous stuff. So yeah. you know, he just made made him laugh. So okay, uh, this weekend we have the release of Jordan Peele's follow up to Get Out Us. Yeah, and so I'm really looking forward to that. It's going to be good. I I Vox I read a Vox article. On Don't it. tell me anything about it. Well, it just gave it four out of five Voxes. Is that their rating symbol? <laughs> yeah, I tell you. <laughs> so they're, they're, I haven't. I try to avoid the trailers because I'm worried it's going to give something away. And I think I saw a tweet. That cleverly tried to say what it was, you know, not not what it was about, but it was like the, the the movie Us talks about blah 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 with blah blah blah, and that second blah blah blah, I was like, I think you mfers just gave away the thing, you mfers, and and so mm. so I'm a little worried that I might understand what the, the, the twist is, but I don't want to talk about it here. Cool. Okay, la- last thing I want to talk about. Um, okay, so wait, Disney bought Fox, so X Men are coming to the Marvel universe. I'm excited about that, and uh, but the thing I want to talk about is Apple's unveiling its streaming service later this month. And so I'm like, one, I don't think that we need another streaming service. It is this month? They've announced this month? That's what it said. said later service later this month. One, I don't think we need another streaming service. I think there's more than enough out there. Uh, But shout out to everybody who has an idea. Having, (laughs) Like, if you have an idea, you can get it published somewhere now. So, like, have at it, young creatives. But a thing that I, an article I read about Apple streaming service, apparently Tim Cook it is constantly giving notes to all the creatives. Like Dr. Dre apparently has a deal with them, and he and Tim Cook was like, "Dr. Dre, you can't uh, do drugs in your uh, 
in your show. And then there was some other show that was like had an orgy or whatever. And he was like, mm, tone that down. I don't want that by an iPhone. So I'm like, <laughs> if he if he's okay. going through and taming everything like that, it's going to tank and it's going to suck. Especially if you like get Dr. Dre and it was some other and I think he had like Reese Witherspoon and some other person like that. And like, because the thing I like about these streaming services is that they'll say the F word and like, you know, show boobs and whatnot. And like, if you if you want to, I guess if you're going for the family friendly alternative, don't make a deal with Dr. Dre. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So don't do that, Tim Cook. You're messing stuff up, Tim Apple. Yeah. I also want to say uh, Stranger Things trailer. Ooh. Was there a, out a new one? So. Did it look good? Yeah, it looks good. I I think uh, one out of ten bows. How many bows would you give it? <laughs> uh, the trailer, yeah. I, it's probably gonna. I think it's gonna be a solid seven or eight bows. Yeah. I don't 10. want them to fight the Demogorgon anymore, but I guess they have to because that's the universe. It's like they have well, they to. actually show a monster in the trailer. Oh, really? Yeah, mm, rare. Okay. Uh, also, just a quick answer: What movie are you looking forward to this summer? I mean, it's got to be Avengers first and foremost. Okay, besides Avengers. Um. Give me a second. Okay, Bo, what about you? Are you you never go to the movies. What do you what's no. going what's gonna get you out the house to go to the movies? <laughs> what's gonna get me out of the house? Probably a babysitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's more one of these things where um yeah, I'll say a movie and I'm like I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go out, we're just gonna do a movie. Okay, some so. maybe Avengers? Yes, yes, Avengers. Uh maybe. You know, it, the only thing though is, you know, you get into the, those type of movies and I feel like I have to know all the other movies. Mm-hmm. And there's how many movies? Twenty something? No, no, you don't like they're for kids, Bo. You'll be fine. Okay. Like you won't be like, man, who's the bad guy in this movie? Yeah. I think I'm going to say that I am I want I want to say us is what I'm looking forward to most, but uh but I don't think that's actually my real answer. I think uh I'm probably most looking forward to besides Avengers is uh Hobbs and Shaw. Like unless some other movie yeah. promises to be more crazy. I think John Wick three is coming back out too, so maybe John Wick. Once upon a time in Hollywood, I saw that trailer. I'm looking forward yeah. to that. I think I might want to see Once Upon a Time yeah. in Hollywood. That looks funny. I like Tarantino. I know it's not summer, but Spider-Man? Yeah, I'll watch it out, and I'll love it, but I don't think I'm excited for it. Mm, Terminator. Is another Terminator coming? Dark Fate. No, thank you. Is uh, Amelia Clark still in it? Um, no, no, no. They're bringing back the original. Oh. The, um, what's her name? Sarah Connor. Yeah, that one. <laughs> Linda Hamilton. There you go. Alexander's mom. Yeah, I don't know, man. It feels like this uh, this year's going to be a little, uh, a little nah, thin, perhaps. That's nah, going to be great. All right, so that's... Johnny's a downer. This this, oh, boo. this summer's movies, much like this episode of the Junto Show, are going to be amazing. So thanks so much for listening. Yeah. Uh, we appreciate your listening to us and giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes or on Stitcher. Also, we appreciate it when you go to our premium website. Patreon.com slash Junto Show. Yes, thank you so much for doing that. And we appreciate all your reviews and sharing the show with your friends because if you like it, your friends are cool, not as cool as you, obviously, because you found us first. But hey, they could be cooler by listening to us. Help them out. Do a friend a favor. We're also your friends. It all works. So until next time, we'll see you on the next episode of the Junto Show. Signing off, I'm Lance. Johnny. And I'm Bo. Thank you. Bye.